Pushing it with... Oh, God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's the best yet. That's, that's, let's have that. That's the, that's the start of the podcast. All right? We're both tired, both really hungry. I know it's Monday and everything as well. That bit there, that is that sums up the final 45 minutes of our show. Richie and I have smelt food, we've got hungry, and we just want to get on with it. You'll hear it. You, you'll listen to the podcast. You'll think we start well. You know, the middling yeah. is all right as well. But you, yeah. there's a moment in the last third of today's podcast, which was the last third of today's show, where one of us mentions food. All right. And it goes yeah. downhill from then. And Ed Bush is quite right. You know, <laughs> that, that sums it all up because we record the beginning of this podcast at the end of the live show once we're done. And, and we're both basically running on fumes and hunger is a real thing. I don't, we don't want to start any football fights, right? And I, I don't mean this to babble fans, New Houses, whatever. But our show tonight was the equivalent of Spurs' normal season. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. You're listening to Absolute Radio. After five, we're going to be adding to the lineup of our already brilliant Isle of Wight Front Room Festival. It's Hometime with Bush and Richie on a Monday night. I'd love to start the week with some positivity, but I'm afraid from me personally... I can't. I have had one of those typical Monday mornings uh, and I need to share it with you. And I guess why do I need to do that? Because I need to hear from you lot that you've had a similar Monday to me. Bush, how about this for a start of a week, right? Overnight, I had the washing machine on a timer. So it's going to do a nice economical wash overnight. (laughs) And then my plan was to sling all that stuff in the tumble dryer first thing this morning. That all worked. Stuck it in the tumble dryer, put the tumble dryer on. After about 15 minutes, I'm hearing a beeping coming from outside in the little garage thing. Little beeping that is unmistakably from the tumble dryer. I go outside. There's an error message on it saying HC. I get the manual out. HC corresponds to an error message that's telling me that the condenser's overheated. That doesn't sound good. I'm not up much on, uh, on tumble dryers. When I check it out... You have to get someone out for a service to have a look at an overheated condenser. Getting someone out for a service, of course, means money. So, yeah. <laughs> wonderful. What a great uh, start to the week. I, I tell you what, it does sound painful. You've got to watch out for an overheated condenser. It can stop you uh, having kids. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> <Just> Dad. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, that does sound... Do you know the weird thing is as well? Because I saw the photo you put up earlier on because it's just this kind of weird blue light in the middle of nowhere yeah. with, with the letters on it. Um, it's a shame you, that's essentially saying you can't have a go at that. Why can't you have a go? Try and fix that yourself. Why well, is course. that not allowed? Do you know what I mean? I, I did try and have a go myself. I opened up every single part that you could possibly open up that was openable but of course yeah. i don't know what i'm doing there was a couple of bits of lint i could take out but of course then you turn it back on and that hc is still flashing and then here comes the second kick all right there's more go- there's more yeah after five minutes of trying to fix a tumble dryer that i couldn't fix i go back inside Rocco is in the lounge. He's gone into the kitchen, got the paprika out the cupboard and been tipping it down the mouth of a toy puppet. So I'm having to, <laughs> I'm having to hoover paprika off the lounge carpet and then get a J-cloth and clean up this puppet and, and mop paprika off everything. It was just it, a typical start to Monday and it wasn't even half past nine. 
Well, you say it looks like he was like interrogating that puppet, doesn't it? He's trying to get information out of him. <laughs> yeah. Start talking. Start talking. He get more paprika. Yeah. What is it with kids so, look, and the and the whole uh, spice rack as well? Our youngest is absolutely obsessed with pulling that spice rack out. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's why spice racks exist as a thing to keep them out of the way of toddlers, and we never even realised that. I'm Who tempted knows? to get one. But look, if you too have had a horrific start to the week, if you've had a typical Monday, let's share it, please. It'll make me feel better if you've had a bad one. Tell us what's happened. Had a bad start to Monday, 8, 12, 15 for your texts. Tweet us at Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Ricky's had a bad one. Cat was sick three times this morning and I stepped in a pile of it barefooted. So, yeah, oh. Monday can do one. That is, I, I can't think of a worse thing. Actually, no, I can. I think the only thing worse than standing in cat sick barefoot is if you've ever stood on a slug before, if you had to go into the kitchen in the middle oh. of the night and the, snug, the slugs decided to go, do whatever gross stuff slugs do in the middle of your <laughs> kitchen floor. That's awful as well. That's a bad start to the week. I can chuck my hat in the ring with a bad week starter this morning. See, it feels a bit foreboding, this, like it might be some kind of bad omen. But do you know what? In my entire life, I, I feel like this is correct, I've never dropped an egg. <laughs> That's a bold claim. Have you? Ne- I don't think I've ever dropped an egg by accident. Genuinely, never dropped an egg. <laughs> Apart from this morning, I was trying wow. to make scrambled eggs on toast in the microwave, of course, the best way to make it. And uh, as I was trying to hammer it with the side of a fork to crack the egg open and chuck it into my Pyrex dish ahead of being microwaved for three minutes, I dropped it on the floor. And A, it's freaked me out because I've never dropped an egg before and I've broken my record. Uh, it's B, you can't pick it up. It's impossible to pick up an egg that you've broken. It is the worst thing ever. It's ruined my day. I'll give you that. I'm still reeling from the fact you've never done one before in all your life. But Never dropped an egg. (laughs) If you've had a bad start to the week, please, look, it turns out there's something in the air. It's happened to at least three of us now, so get in touch. Do you know what I think of all the different spices in that spice rack? I don't think there could be a worse one than paprika to go absolutely everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Oh, tell me about it. Colour stainage and stuff as well. It's proper Monday, that proper Monday. Tricky says, yes, same thing's happened to me. Not about the paprika, but he says, I just had to take the steering column out of the car as the electric steering lock has failed. And he sent a photo. He's had to remove the whole thing and it's on the passenger seat. Now, that could turn out to be more expensive than my tumble dryer. Tricky, that's making me feel a little bit better. I'm sorry. Uh, Charles says, new brake pads and discs for all four wheels. This has a whiff of MOT to me. Flubik says, both elements went in my dual oven on the same day and I can't get any replacements until Friday. I kid you not, I'm having to cook my oven chips with a hairdryer. Tough times. <laughs> Tough times. <laughs> and Wendy Miller on Twitter says, yes, working from home just got a little bit trickier. Booted up the PC today uh, to be met with a, a window that says, recovery, your PC couldn't start properly. After multiple tries, the the operating system failed and it's uh, needing to be repaired. That sounds good. Blue screen of death going on right there. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie is what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. 
Uh, an interesting text has come in here to say, uh, this is from Shelley in Shrewsbury. My Monday's been OK so far. It was just a quick note to say that on a recent episode of Killing Eve, she pours paprika all over the dead guy, down his throat, over his head, the lot. I'm just oh, wondering what telly Rocco's been watching. You'd have to keep an eye on that, lad. You'd have to keep an eye on him. Watch him. <laughs> hey, one other thing as well, right? I used the phrase gone for a Burton in the garden last week and my eldest daughter said, Daddy, what does that mean? And I tried to explain it and I couldn't. There's no actual reason behind it. I know it's like a wartime phrase for someone being dead, finished, but there's no, there's no like Burton or whatever. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Do you know what I mean? It's an inexplainable phrase. It's a strange one. Uh, I'm sure this lot will have an idea for us. Get in touch, A1215. Speaking of gone for a Burton, Stu's telly's gone for a Burton. He says, it's the worst day ever. The window cleaner turned up for the first time in months, and as a result, our dog excitedly went mad and headbutted the telly. The telly cost 1,500 quid, and it's now dead. <laughs> oh, oh, my no. word. The picture's unbelievable. Oh, he smashed the screen. Dear. Uh, Lee in Camberley, you also have my sympathy. Lee says, I woke up at 5am startled. I realised the barbecue was still on from the previous evening. The gas has pretty much all gone. Lee, that could have been so much worse, but that is still horrendous. That could be one of the worst things I've ever heard. That will give me nightmares just even by hearing about it. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore. But we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute Radio. So look, we're only in the first hour of the show and already we're getting quite a few texts in about clarifications and checking our facts, etc. Uh, Simon in Hornchurch says, Bush and Richie, can we please agree the pronunciation of paprika for your Monday stories, please? Is it paprika or paprika? It's paprika. It's paprika, isn't it? Paprika. Yeah, which we both said. What's he on about? Paprika or paprika? Yes, paprika. Yeah. You say, weirdly, you say paprika enough, it suddenly doesn't sound like that anymore and it sounds a bit weird. <laughs> Speaking of paprika, I was saying earlier on uh, that there's nothing worse. In terms of your entire spice rack, there's nothing worse than trying to get paprika out of your carpet or whatever or anything. Uh, Gavin in Croydon begs to disagree. He says, trust me, paprika isn't the worst for staining your carpets and furniture. <laughs> Turmeric and saffron are the worst. You can't get them out of anything. Uh, this has turned into Spice Corner. Uh, we're, we're actually wanting to hear from you if you've had a particularly bad start to the week. Uh, Lisa says, I've had a mare of a day. I'm putting a garden gate together and I've broken four drill bits. I literally screamed at one point and my son actually left his PlayStation to see if I was OK. It was that bad. Uh, and St <laughs> Steph in Norfolk says, bad Monday morning. Found my cat using my lovingly nurtured tray of spinach seedlings as a litter tray this morning. Seems like a lot of people have a Monday disasters. If it's happened to you as well, if you've been cursed, 8.12.15, tell us all about it. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Bush and I have both had stinkers of a start uh, to the week. Uh, dodgy tumble dryer that's uh, broken for me. He's dropped his first egg ever in his lifetime and had to clear it up from the floor. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Heather in Northern Ireland on that bush says, here's some advice, put flour over your broken egg. It's easier to clean up. I'm not using flour to clean up. Flour's like flipping gold dust during the lockdown. It cost me like 15 quid. <laughs> crying out loud. But thanks, though. I appreciate it. 
Uh, tell us uh, how your week's got off to uh, a shocker of a start. Bad start to the week. Uh, leaving for work, my wife asks if I can unload the dishwasher, says Tony. I managed to smash a glass. End up on the operating table for an hour after severing a nerve, an artery, oh. and cutting into the calcium around the bone. That wasn't a good start to the week. God, what do you do? Like, uh, you know like when people do a backflip when they're doing a long throw? How on earth was he getting stuff out of that? I've never seen anything like it. Uh, this yeah. is a nightmare. I took all the kids to the meadows earlier on today. Uh, when we arrived, realised we forgot to bring the pram. We've got a four-year-old and twin one-year-olds. So I had to go back home with a screaming four-year-old. As Not only that, we weren't going to go and feed the ducks, but we also had just seen an ice cream van go past as well. Full-on screaming tantrum. Uh, Sammy in Leicester says, I can't believe what you're talking about. This morning, I gave my six-year-old son an antidepressant instead of a hay fever tablet. Then my car went in for a service, and as I got out, two charms fell off my bracelet. The charms were £110. The garage said it'll cost me £99 to remove the seat. I'm not getting out of bed for the rest of the week. It's safer. Hey, and tell you what, let us know how those tablets get on, because we're in week 11 of the lockdown looking for inspiration. Uh, now, this one here from Sarah and Brentry, our disastrous start to the week. Facebook posting this morning a reminder that we have an event coming up this weekend, namely the cancelled Isle of Wight Festival, which is bad enough. Do not worry about this, because we got you covered. We know loads of people are gutted about missing the festival. That's why we're putting on our very own Isle of Wight Front Room Festival. The best acts from the uh, entire festival since it very much began. And we've got more acts to add to it. And you're going to absolutely love this. And the big announcement is on the way next. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Bush and Richie here with the Stay at Home Time show on a Monday night. Good to have you on board. It's suddenly gone all dark and cold and wintry all of a sudden. I think we need a bit of a pick-me-up. Uh, and the pick-me-up is coming for you this weekend. It is Absolute Radio's Isle of Wight Front Room Festival for 2020. Obviously, we'd love to be over on the island in the fields having a proper festival. But because it's not taking place, we have one of our Front Room Festivals for you. And if you're listening to us this evening on Absolute Radio, you've just heard Liam Gallagher's Wall of Glass, we can announce to you that Liam Gallagher has been added to the bill for this weekend. This just gets better and better. This is like the ultimate like dream festival line. I mean, sometimes people have been sitting around kind of coming up with their dream festival because everyone's trapped indoors. I think this could be it. Like just looking around the days, uh, Friday, Paul McCartney, Fleetwood Mac, Foo Fires, Saturday, David Bowie. We've got Coldplay, Iggy Pop, to name but a few. Uh, Sunday, the Rolling Stones, The Who. Kings of Leon as well. It just gets better and better. And can we bear in mind uh, that if you're trying to build a dream festival, being that Noel is already on the lineup with his high flag birds, we've just added Liam to the same festival lineup. We've practically just reunited Oasis. If Oasis get together down the line, maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you can say that it was the Hometime Boys who started it all off. We offered the olive branch. Hey, and listen, we can go one stage further than uh, bringing you Liam Gallagher to add to the bill. What about this? And you're about to hear them right now. If you're listening via Absolute Radio, we can add to our Isle of Wight Front Room Festival, the mighty Manic Street Preachers. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. 
Absolute Radio on a Monday night. Hopefully that song, if you're listening via Absolute Radio, The Manic Street Preachers, whetted your appetite for this weekend's Isle of Wight Front Room Festival, putting on the ultimate Isle of Wight Festival in place of what would have been and what should have been and what will be again. Uh, and the Manic Street Preachers are playing on the Friday night. I think people need to start looking at the Sunday. I, I don't want to be like <laughs> bolshy or anything, but I, Richie and I are hosting Sunday's show. I think we've got the best lineup. A Who set from the 1970s. What about that? Fantastic. Uh, that's alongside the Rolling Stones, Kings of Leon, Kasabian, uh, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, Liam Gallagher himself, Cheryl Crow, uh, Ocean Colour Scene. That's the Sunday night uh, that Bush and I are looking forward to hosting. You can uh, you can listen via digital radio, obviously. You can listen on TV. Uh, you can listen uh, online. You can download the free Absolute Radio app to, to catch question. our show. Go I've on. got a question. Who's higher in the lineup in terms of headlining, Noel or Liam? What are we going to do about that? That's going to cause trouble. Like we just saying earlier on, we might have reunited Oasis. Yeah. We might have scuppered it unless we put them on at the same time. Mate, we've got six days to sort that one. All right, maybe there's, a, there's at the very least a Twitter poll in it. Do you know what? <laughs> well, this is like, you know that old maths question where you've got a fox, a chicken and some grain and then a canal boat and the river and you've got to get from one side to the other. You ever, you ever yeah. done that little quiz? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a bit yeah. like that. You can't leave those two on their own for a bit because they're going to fight. So you need to have someone somewhere else. But then that, that one might think the other one's higher than the bill than them. Do you know what I mean? The best way to solve an argument is to not solve it and use diversionary tactics and announce one more big artist. Yes. All right, because on the Saturday night, and this is going to blow you away, Saturday night, we can announce to you right now highlights of Queen and Adam Lambert. All my dreams have indeed, Richie, come true. It's the Isle of Wight Front Room Festival. It's happening this weekend. God knows we need it. And if you're listening via Absolute Radio, it's Queen now. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore. But we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. So I was out in the fields uh, this morning with our youngest, kind of looking at wildlife and all that kind of thing. And I happened upon a plant that I haven't seen in years. It took me right back to my childhood. It's quite hard to describe this thing, but it was like a, a furry dart. Do you know the kind of plant that I mean? It's like It was like a, a thing that when I was a kid at school, it was a furry dart that could impale a 1980s heavy knit school uniform jumper from about three metres away. And if you were being forced to walk to a church for, to do a mass, like we used to have to do all the time when I was a kid, in the Roman Catholic school that I was part of, uh, normally you would, as you were going through like the cut through to get to the church in, in, amongst all the wildlife, pick some of these furry darts, throw them in the back of someone else's brown cardigan. I couldn't tell you the name of it, but I remember them. They, they'd, they'd either lance the fabric uh, yes. or even if they glanced on sideways, they'd still <laughs> stick, wouldn't they? They, they? they were an amazing weapon. If you could fire quite a few of them in, if you could got a few, right, on target against someone with a cardigan on the way to, to mass, if we go back to the 80s, uh, someone in front of you could end up looking like a walking porcupine or something like that with all these kind of furry darts. The thing is, it got me thinking about school days, weapons of mass destruction. Because there were certain items and whether nature or stuff used to make improvised items that you would knock together as a school kid or as a child that were things that you could use on each other. Yes, definitely. Uh, I mean, my, the, the thing that's coming straight to mind for me as, as, as a weapon that I used 
isn't actually nature. Uh, and that was the football, but very specifically used uh, for the back wheel of my brother's BMX. Oh, I used yes. to have, uh, I used to have more skills than I do have now as an adult. And I would have uh, laser like accuracy uh, for his, <laughs> his back wheel. And uh, if you'd made good contact, it was enough just to move it from the, from the direction that it was going by, uh, by about a foot. Uh, and that would make quite a, a discernible wobble. And at sometimes it, it would actually throw him off his bike. And that's what an older brother was there for. Absolutely. I love that. It's improvised. You get that little bit of apprehension or, or anticipation about, is he going to come off? Uh, it's a little bit like, you know, if you do the uh, hook and hold trip that you would have done during school days as well. Not just, not just the basic kick of someone else's ankle against their trailing leg, but you hook it and hold it for one step so they've got no foot to put down. That was another good one from school days. And they tripped in a similar way to back of the back, back wheel of the bike. My brother actually sent me a message earlier on because he saw my little post on Twitter about these um, furry darts. Tell us what the, the real name of that plant, please, furry darts. He says, we also used to make them really nasty itching powder things out of those red berries at the top of our estate he's asking me and I remember there was like these red little berries if you open them up they had like a yellow furry interior again as you can tell my knowledge of plants and <laughs> flora and fauna is second to none but that rubbed on the back of someone's neck again walk into assembly it was itching powder we can build quite a portfolio quite an arsenal of school day WMDs I would say right now Absolutely. Look, come on, think back to your childhood. If you improvised any form of thing to wind other kids up, whether brothers, sisters, kids at school, let's share it now, 8, 12, 15, and get it put into some kind of cookbook. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. We need confirmation of what those plants are yeah. called, please. Yes. Uh, Nicholas uh, is staying on the nature front, saying constructing an inner layer of nettles in the walls of your den. Ooh. When the other kids came and ransacked the walls made of grass twigs, they got stung all over their thieving little hands. Oh, how we laughed. Do you know what? The only way around that was the development a few years later of an all-in-one dock leaf hazmat suit that would break <laughs> through the barrier. It was a breakthrough in technology. It was like an early gas mask. Uh, Siobhan says, in her school, boys used to chase us around the playground with daddy long legs cupped in their hands. And isn't the story about the daddy long legs? It could be, it would kill anyone. It's like really poisonous, but it, it can't bite you into your finger. or so. Some, there's some weird barroom story about Daddy Longlegs. I'm sure they've spread around. I think you're right. They have the venom in them to kill anybody, but they don't have the strength to pierce your skin. Do you know what? That's like saying you had trials for Exeter City, but never actually <laughs> quite made. You know what I mean? Yes. Come on, Daddy Longlegs. Don't be so ashamed of yourselves. Uh, Stephen says, I can remember having a fight with paper tubes in art class. Yes, few of us have done that. Uh, and Dan says, McDonald's straws and the wrapper they came in made excellent pea shooters. Do you know what, Dan? <laughs> they still do to this day. Uh, Denny Smith says, sweet necklaces. Do you remember those um, rubber bands yes. with sweets attached to them? Bite off half and fire the other half at someone who quickly realised what pain actually was. Pete says, we used to call these things flea darts. And he's tweeted a photo of a rubber band along with a folded bit of paper. He says, one of these paper missiles to the back of the head was all you needed to get the attention of the person sitting in front of you. 
Uh, Stephen says, I tried to flick elastic bands, but my aim was terrible. Stephen, I'm holding my hand up in the bedroom right now. I am that person as well. I used to be ever so envious of people who could flick an elastic band. I was absolutely terrible at it to to the extent that generally, if you, you know, there were those kids that would like have an elastic band and, and they'd be firing it from their fingers like a gun on their hand. The band would uh-huh, go yeah. backwards off mine. Do you, honestly, I think if there was if that was an Olympic sport, if they were to allow elastic band flicking into the Olympics, I'd be medal placing. I think gold, silver, Bush. or bronze. I'm that good at it. First thing we do when we're broadcasting together again from Soho, we'll park up our uh, our horses outside, get yeah. off topless, walk upstairs, and then can <laughs> you teach me how to fire an elastic band off a finger? I've already got a name for it. It's called Producer Adem William Tell. <laughs> I'll knock a tin can off the top of his head. (laughs) Uh, Jason Sheldon goes on to say, what about chewed up exercise book paper as ammo blown through the barrel of your big biro after you took the ink stroke nib out and the end stopper? I remember doing that that one. Uh, And a strange one to finish from Andy. He says, butter in a snowball thrown at a bus window. That used to be good. You what? What? Butter in a snowball? If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. Do you know what, Scott Lanyard, who's got a cracking name, has just texted to say that uh, you guys should get an app called Seek. You can take a photo and it'll tell you the official name of any plant or bug. Not really something you think of as a teenage kid back in the day when you're just trying to land them on the back of someone's cardigan. Exactly. We're talking about school days, weapons of mass destruction. What were your improvised weapons when you were a kid? Uh, Mark in Kennington simply texts the word conkers, which I'd have to say that's quite that's quite hardcore, would you not say? Well, could you fight people with conkers? I thought that was just purely for spectator sports. Yeah, but but maybe Mark is suggesting here that sometimes you could be in the middle of a conker battle with your conkers on a string, but if 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 in the back of your head you're actually aiming, aiming for your opponent's uh, knuckles because you don't like them, That's then you conquer actually when it is. And I'm not saying I did it, uh, but they, they've formed the weapon then. Is that a thing in conquers then? If you think, right, I'm not going to win this. There's no way I can beat the conquer that's ahead of me. I'm just going to take his knuckles out. It was in my school. That's unbelievable. I've never played those rules before. It was straight up. That is unbelievable. Uh, Aiden has texted to say there was a full-blown pine cone fight in the classroom before an RE lesson started once in my school. <laughs> Felt like Kate Aidy ducking in the middle <laughs> column of desks that we flew across the room from both sides. <sighs> and Steve Davis, not the snooker player. Uh, oh. te- well, I'm assuming not. Might be. Uh, text to say Jif <laughs> lemons filled with water. <laughs> they were our weapon of mass destruction until my French teacher burst them with a compass. <laughs> Love it. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. So earlier on, I was talking about these weird um, furry dart things that I'd found in like this little rural 
place when I was walking our daughter earlier on this morning. Uh, I was actually in a graveyard with her. <laughs> let me explain. Let me explain. Um, week 11 of lockdown. And I don't know if anyone else is getting this situation. I'm struggling to find cool and new and different interesting places to take the kids for the morning walk. So I thought this morning, let's mix it up a little bit. Let's go to the, the graveyard. Do you know what? She absolutely loved it in there, Richie. She absolutely loved it. I mean, you really have mixed it up, haven't you? Graveyard? Really? <laughs> I didn't know how it was going to pan out because it's not a big graveyard in Leon C. But she was, I don't know if she was in her element in there. She was very respectful and everything. She was walking yeah. around and looking at all this stuff. She's only like 20 months old. So she was not even high enough to for any of the stones to be head height or anything like that. But I don't know. She found it kind of fascinating. I found it fascinating walking around there. I didn't realise there's a big plaque in there about a, a load of um, soldiers from Leon C in Essex or whatever that had sadly died in the Dunkirk evacuation and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So learn a bit of history this morning as well. But I just can't work out whether taking a kid to a graveyard is a really weird thing to do or all right <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah, well uh it's it's an important thing for them to uh to, to learn about i'm not sure whether it's got many return visits in it for you if that makes any sense i don't know she seemed to enjoy herself i mean i put this on twitter earlier on is it weird to take a kid to a graveyard there's a really interesting variation of what people think about it. Jez says, for example, I used to take my daughter to the cemetery for a walk as one was quite near us. We used to look for our first names on the headstones. A little bit dark thinking about it. But again, a game, it passes time, doesn't it? So, you know, I just want to put it out there. Taking a kid to a graveyard stroke cemetery, is that weird or is that okay? Let us know, 8, 12, 15. Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Some messages coming in about it. Paul says, excellent, where's next? An afternoon stroll around the local sewage works. Come on, Paul, mate, don't be like. Andy Jordan says, never too early to teach kids about the futility of life and inevitability of death, and then go for an ice cream. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to make a message or anything. I'm just, it's just something a bit different. However, this is quite nice. Dean says, I took my kids around our local graveyard a couple of years back, and the very first grave there matched my daughter's first name and surname. We now leave her flowers every time we go now that's lovely that is, is that lovely nice? nice. i'll tell you what though the, blo the, the bloke with the sewage works does open up an interesting question here and that is alternative places to go and take kids all right so look you've taken you've taken them this morning to the graveyard I'm sure you all yeah. had a wonderful time i'd yeah. have to hold my hands up and say that uh, the routine that i've got myself into uh, every morning during the week i take rocco out on our little morning walk it's going to sound like something out of the railway children but we do try and make it down to the railway line to wave at the 943 going past oh my word so you've got an actual train that you aim to wave at as it goes past yeah, he loves it. We get down there and as we're walking down the path towards the railway line, he's going, horn, horn, daddy wave. He loves it. <laughs> Do you know, though, I saw on Instagram that he started crying at one of them trains going by. Now, I was thinking to myself, is this it? Is this Rocco walk, stepping away from the whole train thing that you're trying to corral him into? Is he back on the trains or is he still not keen on the trains? It was a strange one off. You know what kids are like? They have their off days. He's back. He's fine. Yay! But it does raise an interesting point, though. If you have taken your kids to an unusual place for a day trip, you know, sometimes the kids are into it and you just have to, you know, go with the flow. 8, 12, 15, the Texas show, you can tweet as well at Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio.
They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. John in Stourbridge says it's only weird if it's at night, which is a good point. <laughs> He has got a point. Bush, I'm going to have to retract all everything I said. Uh, AD in Doncaster, I used to take my year four class to York Cemetery for a school trip. It's totally normal. Great places for wildlife. Uh, and Rachel in Burton-on-Trent says, I used to take my daughter when she was young. We used to try and work out how old the people were that were buried and also how old they would now be from their dates of birth. I thought it was a good thing to do. And I love the peace and quiet. Do you know what? And I think our youngest was really into it. She seemed to love her time at the graveyard this morning. It's made me thinking now about like other brilliant, I don't want to say brilliant graveyards, but is there such things as a brilliant graveyard? Like, for example, when I lived in Bristol, Arnest Grove is an amazing graveyard. Then we moved to Highgate in North London, Highgate Cemetery, of course, you know, a hugely famous graveyard. And also, uh, if you've ever been to Whitby up north, yes. Right? Uh, there's a graveyard at the top there that looks down. There's a church that looks down over the bay, and that is just one of the most kind of like eerie, yet inspiring graveyards ever. We could go on a kind of a father-daughter graveyard tour of the United Kingdom. Whitby is amazing. I'd prefer to rave about their fish and chips. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's uh, less of a weird conversation thing, isn't it? Just stick to the chips. Uh, Lou has suggested uh, our local supermarket. Uh, she says to visit the Henry and Hetty Hoovers. In fact, all the Hoovers. Uh, our daughter is obsessed and has been since she was a baby. She's now five years old. Uh, Lou goes on to say we haven't been for a long time because in her words, I'm protecting the Hoovers and the NHS by not going. Oh, God bless her. That's amazing. I love the fact that she loves Hoovers. Weirdly, our little one, Thea, she's obsessed with a door in uh, a building that's currently closed down because of COVID or whatever in the centre of Chalkwell Park in Leon C. It's the big arts centre. But the door there, she ha- I have to go round with her and she knocks on the door of this closed building <laughs> each and every single day. Kids can kind of get obsessed with it. I was worried that it was a bit kind of disrespectful to kind of muck around in a graveyard with her earlier on. But Tony in Somerset says, what's the point in a headstone if no one in the future reads it? And that's a really good point. Very thought-provoking, Tony. If there's other strange places that uh, you've been taking your kids to amuse them, we're after any ideas now. Uh, 11 weeks into lockdown. 8, 12, 15 for the text and tweet us at Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. We're talking about unusual places to take your kids for a walk. It's week 11 of lockdown at the moment, so struggling for ideas a little bit. This morning I took our youngest for a trip around the graveyard and just wondering whether that's weird or not. I love this text in from Claire from Leicester who says, Glad to hear the cemetery is still a place where young kids like to go. I used to take my youngest. We had a picnic watching squirrels, birds and even the odd rabbit. Uh, it helped him with his maths too. Year born and year died, then work out how old they were and what they would have been if they were still alive. So important to have life and death conversations with kids while still having fun. Love that. Very Thank good you. point. Very good Very point. Good point. Uh, Chris texts to say, in primary seven, we went to Port Patrick for a week and we did gravestone rubbings. Do you know what? I remember doing that as well as a kid. Uh, can't believe I hadn't remembered it. Gravestone rubbings. I took, took the crayons, massive sheets of uh, uh, paper from primary school and went and just... Um, Rubbed gravestones. It was, um, yeah, very curious. <laughs> it's weird though, isn't it? Is that disrespectful? That's the only thing, right? Because Thea went to go and touch a couple of the headstones and stuff today when we were there. And I was like trying to get her off it and that, thinking it was disrespectful. I'm not sure. I can't really... That's that's what was weird about the trip today. It's like, it seemed like it was... 
it had good intentions and it's good for her to learn about that kind of stuff. But at the same time, when you've got a, a toddler who doesn't listen to anything you say, I was worried about her like crawling on top of someone. You know, when it seems worse when people have got a joint grave, like a husband and wife are in there and I've yeah. got Thea crawling over it like it's an assault course. That's not what they want, is it? I've been trying to encourage some other more transport-related ones with my trip down to the railway line. Uh, Gwen in Plumstead says, uh, Bush Ritchie, when I used to live in Woolwich, uh, when the kids were young, we would often take a trip across the Thames on the ferry and then back. That was it. <laughs> wow, literally just there and back on the ferry. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. I don't, I don't want to start any football. I don't want to start any football fights. Spurs fans, that's not. I don't want to get any trouble. I don't want any trouble about this. I know he, Richie didn't say it, so it's fine. He's an Arsenal fan, but he wasn't starting trouble. We don't want any trouble, do we, at all? Not at all, not at all. But the uh, the fact that you uh, likened today's show to a Spurs season of starting well uh, and then fading towards the end and ending in calamity and not winning anything. Steady. Um, so <laughs> I went too far. I went too far. He's gone far. too far. Hence wins the hometown show. The boys have left the studio. But let me be your guarantor. On the radio, they'll be back again tomorrow. Phantom Music interview, subscribe, rate, and leave review.